Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio and the world. What's up, people? It is Vegas Vince, and man, we are doing some radical shows lately. I don't know if that's midlife crisis or what. This one's going to be legendary. This is epic. I got a jam switchboard already, and the friggin' theme music hasn't even finished. We got the legendary Jamie Minton online tonight, and this show's going to kick ass, as all my shows, well, most of them, do. As always... Sales and marketing behind the eight ball, the only joint up in this blog talk radio house that actually tells it like it is, not the way you always heard it should be. To quote the famous Carly Simon, back in a minute. That's like the second time in the history of my show I got the friggin' music to cut off without a tech girl here. Or as, J- uh, what's her name? Oh, see, that's what happens when you hire virtual assistants, Rachel Rofay. I don't have one. I have to do it all myself now. Anyway, peeps, um, life is good in Vinny Land. I'm going to jump right into this show. I do want to thank everybody. Uh, last week um, we got real radical about a subject near and dear to my heart, which is the sport of boxing and the corruption and the fraud that is so pervasive in the state of Texas. And I am stunned. I have had more um, reaction from uh, various media sports outlets to that show than anything I've ever done. And uh, the corruption of Lawrence Cole, who I challenged on the air to sue me if he thought I slandered him. And, of course much like his daddy Dickie, they continue to hide in Texas. Um, I appreciate everybody. Uh, there was an incredible, um, I, I was just stunned. Uh, every boxing site around is talking about that show. And that's how we do it here. We keep it real. Um, this is the show I have wanted to do for a long time. Um, I'd actually originally met this girl, I think probably on the Warrior Forum, and I'm sure I called her a he. <laughs> I probably said, hey, dude, what's up? Uh, it was probably back in my Rachel Rolfe crush days, and I probably was saying something nice about Rachel, and this uh, chick wrote me back something nice, and we've been corresponding ever since, and she is a badass and a really, really cool chick. And I think this is one of the shows um, that 
I was destined to do, and you know Vinny doesn't believe in destiny, so I should choose a better word, but um, for, for, um, for many reasons, this just felt right. And, uh, you know, I'm about the last person this girl, you would think, would air her story on, you know, as far as the medium. Because, you know, Vinny's got the rap and got the, you know, you know, I don't know. I'm sure some would say misogynistic when, in fact, that's totally not the case. You know, I got the Playboy Bunny up there. Why would you, you know, do this type of show? Why would she do it? Um, the, the truth of the matter is we're all people, and I think what it ultimately you're going to get out of this is a, uh, a story of redemption uh, times ten. It's It's a remarkable story. I often said this is the guest Oprah should have booked on numerous occasions. This girl should have a book out, hint, hint, Jamie. And it's it's going to be one of the most remarkable stories. Um, it's inspiring. It's empowering. And this is literally uh, the, the, you know, I hate to use the cliche rags to riches, uh, victim to victor, but cliches, but that's what it is. Um, and it is a true honor and no i didn't book her just because she's hot editorial comment she is hot but no Vinny actually is attempting to do something good here so what's up girlfriend are you on the air because i got a jam switchboard yeah i'm definitely that was a hell of an intro wasn't it <laughs> yeah i i hope i can live up to it <laughs> i know you're nervous you're more nervous than me it was funny i got the email from you said god i'm a little nervous i'm thinking damn man i'm about to pour me a scotch yeah, you know, uh, I'm thinking I wish I had a drink right now. <laughs> well, I've got me a little wine spritzer, which is a chick drink, and that's only because I can't find any Jack in here, which means my sister probably nailed it last night sometime. But, uh, no, it's all good on this show. Um, you know, I don't even know where to begin with you because we got to pack a lot in, but, um, you know, we keep it real loose here, and you and I don't work scripts, and you're probably more organized than I am, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, again, we're talking um, to Jamie Minton, and uh, you know, I wanna I wanna start from the beginning. I mean, we basically can tell them what you're doing now, but we can get to that. You know, you're one of the top marketing consultants in the world, and I do a marketing show. But I think the bigger picture is, uh, you know. You know, letting people, you know, you got to know where you came from in order to figure out how you arrived where you are now. So I think I'd like to kind of start at the beginning because, uh, as I said, uh, life doesn't always deal us the best uh, set of cards, and oftentimes they get dealt from the bottom of the deck. And I suspect you got several shitty hands of cards dealt to you. I know so. And I think it's important for people to understand how you were able to overcome that because this is not a case of, uh, you know, this is a pretty extreme example of what the strength of the human spirit can overcome, I think. So I'm going to try to shut my yap and just kind of let you start at the beginning, tell us about yourself, and uh, go from there. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, first, thank you so much because um, I will say diving into uh, the world I've I've dived into since all this happened to me and and uh you know researching how to help other women i have just been shocked at the amount of violence and and hatred and and crime and and just hurt that happens to so many women out there and to men mm -hmm. i mean this is definitely not just a, a female problem absolutely and yeah and it's you know you you say all of that and it means so much to me and and at the same time i'm just like gosh i 
have seen stories out there that make me feel like, man, what do I have to cry about, you know? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, no, and, yeah. and, and that's right. I mean, we could always find somebody who has it worse. I mean, um, but but to be fair, you, you, you know, I, I appreciate that, but in your particular scenario, um, you you did have it a little a little tougher than most. I mean, I spent five years of my life in prison um, for being a dumb kid and selling, you know, or alleged to have sold drugs. Um, you know, that was a conscious decision on my part that uh, I got slapped hard for. Um, and I know you're going to say that in your own way. Some of this was your own doing, but uh, why don't we just, I'd like to, you know, I, I, I can we give your age away or I know. Yeah, it's not oh, yeah. Cool. I'm not <laughs> I mean, you just had a birthday on the 22nd and yeah. uh, I'm doing that more for a timeline. Let's just say you're around your late 20s <laughs> and yeah, go well, from I there. I'm 30. That's fine. All right. I mean, I'm proud of my age. <laughs> so, yeah. When Take I us from was, the beginning. Yeah. So, all right. Gosh, beginning, beginning. Um, well, about four and a half years ago, I had been online working my little tush off probably for about two serious years of, of working online. And I was part of a marketing group for about six months. We were all working very, very hard. We started as about 200 people, got whittled down to about 20 really dedicated souls. And we were passionate about spirituality and about you know making the world a better place. And we were going to use internet marketing tools to do it, you know, search engine optimization, everything else. And, uh, you know, the, the public story that I told that quite a few people are familiar with is, you know, the way I got into consulting uh, three, four years ago was I was pretty much broken homeless, and I had three weeks, you know, I was crashing on a friend's couch, and I had three weeks to come up with $4,000 cash in hand to be able to get a place to live, put a down payment, you know, buy food, get everything that I needed so that I wasn't out on the street right. or making it hard on my friends. So right. that was the story I told everybody. What actually happened, uh, and that is, that is very true, that did happen, but the right. reason that that happened is, um, and <laughs> again, this is the first time I'm sharing this in any kind and, of way. And, and I'm honored, to be honest <laughs> with you, and I know it takes a lot. It takes, uh, well, what do we call it, brass ovaries? I was going to use, I usually right. say it takes big balls, but uh, I appreciate yeah, it. And uh Something to that effect. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's like I <laughs> – one of the wonderful, delicious things about being a woman is we don't know hour to hour if we're going to cry or we're going to laugh. So <laughs> whatever yeah, happens. Yeah, I've had a few girlfriends like that, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'll, I'll just, you know, get through the story and see what happens. So uh, what ended up happening is I, uh, over a six-month period, became very dedicated to this group and – and our dreams and goals for everything that we were going to do. And uh, the person who ran the group, who was in charge of the group, basically said, hey, you know, I think you need to come out to where I'm living, and we're mm -hmm. going to build this business together, and I want to help you with some of your, you know, spiritual goals and, and questions and, and everything else. And after six months of, you know, absolutely trusting this person, had never seen anything that, you know, in hindsight, I saw a lot of warning signs, but at the time I did not see any. And Right, you were caught up in the moment, and, and this was a project, uh, from, what I, uh, from what I understand, that was the, at least the premise of which was something positive um, yeah. from the jump street. Mm-hmm, yeah, I mean, we, we wanted to change the world. We, I mean, you didn't, you, didn't, you didn't go into this like pinky in the brain, I'm here to take over the world. Right, right. No, this, okay. was, this was about how we could, you know, rise up, 
for ourselves and, and enlighten ourselves and, and then do that for others and, you know, do a lot for charity and, and violence. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, we we have big goals. And, and, you know, granted, I was, what, so I was 20, 25, 26 years old. I mean, I I was a naive girl, you know, all growing up. I just, I was always an idealist. I had big dreams and, and I just, I trusted people and I still trust people. That That is something mm-hmm. I'm happy to say I haven't lost through all of this. And, and you're a scorpion too. God, I, know, I didn't know you people trusted people. Yeah, you <laughs> I know, love yeah, it. It's a little, it's a little surprising. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm very loyal, and I see the best in people. And and I'm yep. like I said, I'm glad I haven't lost that because that, you know, our greatest strengths are our greatest weaknesses. And uh, that is absolutely truth. And the loyalty thing um, is is to me uh, one of the most important things. Um, there's not a whole lot I look back on in my life that I'm real proud of, um, but. Uh, I, you know, I am, you know, and and I always tell people that in the end, uh, you will count your true friends when the final sunset comes on one hand if you're lucky. And uh, I like to think I'm, you know, the type of person that would you could call up at three in the morning. I help you move the body, and I mean that's a real uh, bad example. But my point being is uh, loyalty is something that is almost becoming a lost. Um, uh, a lost concept in in today's world, and it's too bad. Um, but anyway, moving along, this project, um, you know, started off with a positive premise. Take us to the part here where we're moving location, or yeah, very excited and and mm-hmm. and a little ner- You know, I was I was scared too. I I had just opened up to. I'm extremely spiritual person, and and. Mm-hmm. My spiritual life is is very very important to me, and and almost in a more tangible sense than like, you know, I <laughs> probably shouldn't be saying this on live radio, but you know, no, I, go for I, it. I, yeah, you know, I I hide nothing. You know, I I've had experiences where I've you know heard heard voices, seen ghosts, you mm. know, different things like that, and and mm. all of that was opening up to me at that moment. So there was I was getting hit from every angle, and I was very confused. I had lost connection with a lot of the people in my life. I was so dedicated to this group that it became my life. And there just wasn't really anybody out there to help me when I really felt that I needed it most. I was a lost soul in a lot of ways in my life at that juncture. And this person, you know, predators know it. You know, they know when someone is... What's the pimp? It's a pimp man mentality. I mean, we've talked about that. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. the prostitute pimp mentality, which is where you can have girls that are the smartest street hustlers in the world and know every trick in the book and are streetwise and then go home and get their ass beat by some guy and hand them over their money because ultimately they got to have that love from somebody and yeah. uh and I'm not comparing you to a hooker. I'm no, no, I, I completely. I'm, I, I, I see it and have seen that mentality many times in life. Yeah. Well, the feminine, you know, we we deeply want to be cared for and taken care of, and that doesn't mean where we can't take care of ourselves, but it's like women are so good at being so strong that we forget how good it feels to have someone stand for us and stand behind us. And mm-hmm. when we don't have that in our life, it, it can get really twisted. You know, there's this amazing story called The Red Shoes where this little girl makes these these handmade shoes that are beautiful and she's homeless and lives in the forest and she just builds these shoes from these different scraps of material that she finds and and she loves them and it's her handmade life and this old woman finds her in the forest and thinks oh my gosh this poor dear little girl i want to take care of her i want to give her a better life 
So she takes this little girl and gives her this glorious, rich, wealthy life, but in her eyes, those handmade shoes are trash, and she burns them. And this little girl is always trying to get those handmade shoes back, so she goes for these glossy new red shoes that are dangerous, and when she puts them on, they dance her to death. I mean, she literally becomes a ghost dancing away in these shoes that take over her life because we will go for what is dangerous if it represents the handmade life that we lost. Well, and, and it's a cliche that I, I see so many people do also, and it's the grass is always greener, and oftentimes we find out that it's not so green on the other side of the friggin' fence, as mm-hmm. I think you found out. Um, where did yeah. you? Where did this operation start, and where did you relocate to on this? Well, I live. I've always lived in California. That's why I'm okay. back now. Um, I don't want to give too much information. I understand that, but I mean, yeah. you you did. I mean, let's let's put it like this: you did. You started out. You were a California girl. We're six months into this. Um, yeah, I went across the nation, basically. Yeah, um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was a big move. I was very scared. I kept saying no for about ten, eleven days. Uh, there was just consistent back and forth until. Can I bring up I, your parents or the family here? Um, where did they play a part in any of this? Well, you know, it's interesting. I I finally made my decision in speaking with you and everything I want to do for this, you know, Mm. movement that I'm I'm starting for women. I realized I have to tell the story publicly. I have to tell Mm -hmm. my dad. And I had told my mom about a year, year and a half ago, and I told my dad last week. And it was was incredibly, it, it was the scariest thing I've ever done, and it was the most beautiful experience. I've had just the mm-hmm. I'm very very close with my family and just okay. the the compassion and love that my dad had for me, you know, he wasn't angry at me or anything, which I didn't expect him to be, but that's always right. fear. Um mm-hmm. you know. And uh yeah, so that that was incredibly moving. They even said that they would sit here with me. I'm actually visiting them right now for the holidays, so they said they would sit here with me while I do this show, which was so in other words, so you you're much like myself. Um, I mean, you, you always. I think we all like uh, the. I think for me, going to jail, the hardest part was my my sister having to tell my mom on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. because you know you hurt the ones you love and you think you do, and you know, and, and it wasn't so much. I really at that moment thought, oh my God, this is it's heartbreaking. And I, I was thinking that a lot more than the consequences of what was about to happen in my life. And I'm sure or you can relate in in your case in a different way. So, um, what yeah, what is let's yeah well so we'll, so everybody's not sitting here go well what the hell happened <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so I you know I I made the decision and and I went out there and uh, yeah and it was just very unfortunate I was promised my own place to stay and again all this languaging was very vague so I took it to mean one thing but it was obviously quite another. Uh, I was promised I'd have my own transportation, a salary. Um, you know, other other people would be coming out there to help start the business with us, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, when I arrived, as soon as soon as I saw him face to face, like just everything in my body said, "This is this is wrong. This is bad." And but is this the I same? When you say guy, is this the same gentleman that you started this project with? Yes. Yeah, he's okay. the one that started the whole group. So okay, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I was so severed from trusting myself and my own instincts that I completely ignored uh, everything in my in my body that just it, it, my body was so adamant that this was a bad idea. I mean, I was shaking. You had no the women's intuition was not you were ignoring. I mean, it's obviously the sixth sense. Yeah. Completely. Yeah, and okay. 
there there's an amazing book called The Gift of Fear that is about, you know, the fact that women will we know and, and men do too, you know, we know when, mm-hmm. when there's a dangerous situation we often ignore it because we, we feel stupid. You know, and I felt guilty. I was like, gosh, you know, this person has helped me for the past six months, never done anything that me or anyone else in the group could consider uh, selfish or mean or or anything like that. I mean, I was just so wrapped up in the belief that this was a safe situation. I completely ignored myself. And um, basically, you gave up your individuality, unfortunately, in this. Completely. Um, completely. Um, and go okay, go go forward. I'm yeah. I, I'm just I'm. I'm I'm fascinated because I, I just this is this is I'm hoping what ends up happening here is ultimately this will help other people. So go ahead and just get it out there, that's, girlfriend. Yeah, I mean that's that's the only reason I would ever share this. <laughs> yeah, is, is no, I understand. Helping others, so um, you know, so I I was under the impression this person was very wealthy. I mean that's why we were creating all this stuff, and and I say all this to say that that there was not an ounce of truth to any of it. Um, right. I was driven to a trailer park, and I was taken into a small one room, not even one room, a trailer with a little sliding door, and it turned out that my place to stay was in that trailer with him, mm-hmm. and my transportation was when he deemed it necessary to drive me somewhere, mm-hmm. and. For the next three weeks, uh, I was basically molested and raped until I had the balls to leave. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's, you know, it's really, um, it's not easy for me to, to talk about, I, I think. No, I, I, it takes a lot of courage, and it's, it's um, and, you know, of course, being a guy who has sisters, my as typical reaction it would be I'd like to find the, the uh, son of a bitch and string him up because that's Vinny's reaction to about everything. But um, that, uh, that I mean, I don't even know, I, you know, and to sit here and try to even pretend to understand what that must have been like, I won't even bother because there's no way I could possibly do that. Um, how did uh, How did you make the break out of there? I, I mean, I, I don't want to get into the gruesome details because what you said is basically all anybody needs to know about that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'll, I don't I'll think... touch on it briefly. I definitely want to talk about um, the the real story is is what happened from there, and 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 the reason I share this story is because of sure. what happens after. Um, you know, I I definitely have to say that I was not held against my will, you know, specifically with chains or, or anything like right. that. It was just daily threats and, and manipulation. And sure. uh, and it was just basically after so long, I it, it, there was just a definitive moment. I won't go into what exactly happened, but it's just I snapped, and I knew that if I didn't get out of there, I was going to lose my life. You know, and... Um, you were in what's called, um, uh, you know, it's funny, you were... Um, I heard somebody mention this once, it's so true, um, about, you know, and I, I think a good majority of the population, unfortunately, lives in this. It's this little box. Uh, it's it's a prison that, that we create ourselves, and the bars are invisible, and you can walk out at any time, um, but you don't because you, you don't, you can't, you don't see it. You're literally, you're literally in this little self-created prison at which point, um, you know, it's so easy for others to judge, oh, you could have done this or that, and um, until you've actually experienced it, um, um, you know, that's that's part of what manipulation is. You know, everybody, you know, looks up to the top of the pyramid, and they don't realize 
that that's not where the power is. It's at the base of the pyramid and that um, the individuality, when you give that up, um, you know, in order to conform or you live vicariously through what, uh, you know, Paris Hilton is wearing on the back of her ass or what sports team is going to the playoffs. When you start getting into that herd mentality, what you end up doing is basically getting into a form of hypnosis, which is where somebody can tell you the sky is blue when it's black or, the you know, there's a purple elephant in the friggin' room and you're almost, you know, uh, almost going to believe it. Completely. Um, and we yeah. marketers know that those mechanisms work. I mean, I studied those mechanisms. Sure. One of the I mean, we look at gurus at the top. Writer now is because I had to yep. study all that stuff to understand what happened to me. You know, it's well. As far as it's the same, you know, bring up a good point with the marketers. Uh, we look at gurus. We look up and don't realize that, you know, that's the top of the pyramid. But the real power is is the, is the bottom of the pyramid or the foundation rather because they're the people that are buying the products. So oh, yeah. the real those of you who bitch product. about gurus need to remember that if, if you are the ones in control and if you want to get sucked into the hype and, and, and whatever it is, whether it's, a, it's a, a cult or a launch or anything, whenever you allow someone else to dictate for you or make decisions for you, um, you have given up the the one most precious thing you have, which is individual choice and personal freedom. So, um, you know, and it sounds like uh, where where um, you you make you make the break um, yeah. after three weeks of 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 you know pretty horrible shit. <laughs> Not pretty, but. Awful. Let's just be on call what it is. And I don't like even using the word molestation. You know, rape is rape. Um, let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's sugarcoating as far as I'm concerned. Um, how, you snapped. What happened next? Yeah, I just I flew home and uh, didn't tell anybody for about a year and a half to two years. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, this it's interesting because... You know, fast forwarding to to who and where I'm at now, I I have a, a sense of gratitude for the entire journey and the entire experience because of the passion and purpose I've connected to in all of this, the the depth of love and honor I have for women and what we go through, and mm-hmm. and understanding that men go through this too, but that that you know, rape specifically is is. Well, yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate you trying to be fair to the guys here, but this particular topic is, I mean, yeah. But yeah, I, I let, do this with every, with yeah, even, even our women's brand. We always, we always speak to the men as well because men want to understand women. Men. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, in terms of this particular rape issue, I mean, I mean, it is, it is, it, it, it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I realize there's some extreme cases where it flip flops, but in this particular case, they're more than you would imagine. Of, yeah. Of, oh, um, I, I, I understand. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's. I just I'm I'm just very aware of of it's not a hundred percent female issue, but yeah, it's just the the level of of um, violation and and just you know and the and the mental uh, side of it and and everything. Um, I it's interesting because. 
most of the women that speak out against this kind of thing, and and that's not what I'm dedicating my life to. I, I'm more no. interested in empowering women overall uh, across many areas of their life. But but specifically on this issue, the women that speak out against this sort of thing are typically women with a story that we think is the typical rape story: a man jumping sure. out of the bushes, and you know, and and so a lot of women like myself, I did not know to call it rape when it happened. I did not know what right. had occurred until later on and so i came home with this sense of guilt and shame that it was my fault that um i had done something wrong that you know it, it's just like date rape and and uh sure. spouse rape you know people don't understand uh that anything wrong has happened even if you say yes one time and no another time you know so there was there was so much that I didn't understand about what I had gone through that uh, roughly about, I think it was about two years after it happened, I, and I hadn't really told anybody, I think I had told one or two people at that point in right. my life, I was holding in so much, I wasn't healing any of it, but I actually gave myself fibroid tumors and came within inches of losing my ability to have kids. I mean, just, you know, they. I had to go into mm-hmm. surgery where they didn't know they, if they could save my uterus or not. Right. And, and you know, and that... And that, that, and, and that that's the body. That's the body. I mean, you know, I mean, the the, the mind and body, and it's so true. I mean, um, you know, people, um, you, you internalize, um, when you internalize and don't let, you know, and you keep things inside too long, it manifests in things like disease and heart attacks and strokes and various other issues. I mean, there's there's no question about it. So, yeah. um, and I'm I'm guessing there is definitely a correlation between uh, whatever was going on inside you um, and uh, the body soon follows. I mean, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, fibroids are one of those things they they medically can't can't explain where they come from. They right. just show up, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and I, I and for me it was within a six month period. I there was nothing there, and then within less than six months, I go to my next checkup, and I had one that was literally the size of, um, I forget how big, like like the size of a large melon. I mean, it was huge, and I right. tore wrapped around it, and they're like, how how could these even grow so fast in right. someone so young? And uh, yeah, it was it was very interesting, and it, and it just. It basically was that two-by-four that I needed that basically put it in front of my face. Jamie, you're dying on the vine. You are not going to make it if you do not step up and deal with this. And so I had to basically spend the next two years delving into all the pain, all the heartache, all the fear, all the anger, all the hatred. You know, the, the I did not feel and express anger towards this man until the past probably six to eight months. Did I finally come wow, that's 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 yeah. That How way. long did you put? Uh, was, so you basically, for quite a while, had to put on a front, basically, oh, because yeah. I mean, you had to, um, you had to. That's got to be real hard too, because you gotta. It's like, uh, it's like trying to. Well, case in point, my grandfather coming to visit me in jail. I had to keep the chin up and smile and tell him everything was okay when, in fact, everything sucked and it was horrible and miserable. But you have to carry that on because you don't want to 
hurt. I, I, I knew it was crushing him, and he had told me, I'll never forget, he said, uh, you know, Grandpa loves you, but I can't come back here. I can't mm-hmm. see this anymore. And uh, it's, it's very, I, I can't imagine um, that in itself has to take a toll on somebody because I, you know, saw, you know, we saw you in the warrior form, saw all the stuff, the smile, this and that, um, when in fact uh, it would appear that, um, that wasn't, uh, you know, life was definitely not uh, peaches and cream for Jamie Minton. Well, you know, yeah, and and I think that's the fascinating thing is that at the time I wasn't even fully aware of how broken I was because we're really good at numbing out. And and the body even, I recently learned this, the body actually Detaches. produces neurochemicals to numb us out when we experience trauma. So until mm-hmm. you dig back in to, to deal with it, on the surface, I really thought I was okay those two years. I really mm-hmm. thought I was moving on. And if, if you if you recall, you know, I was coming onto the scene in a big way, and I was speaking yep. at Stompernet and doing all these things. And, and it, at Stompernet, I broke down bawling five minutes before I had to go on stage. And, and you know, all I was one of the only women there, and all the men were coming at me, whether, you know, sexually or professionally, for good well, or Well, you're, yeah. I mean, and, and, and we can bring up the fact you're a fairly attractive chick. <laughs> well, you are. Oh, How tall are you, by the way? You're like. Uh, I, oh, I'm 5'9, five, 5'10. Five, five, yeah. Yeah. And then in the stilettos, you look about 6'2. I've oh, seen yeah, a picture yeah, of you yeah, in those yeah. stilettos. Yeah, and I love those heels. Yeah, Dan Theus at Stompernet, when he met me, he's like, gosh, you seemed a lot shorter <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, yeah, I know you, you know, were doing, and I know and I know that you were doing a lot of stuff with Rachel, and uh, in fact, I think yeah. that's, again, how I actually met you. And then I know you had um, a real successful, I know. I, mean, I, I I'm familiar with all that stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just. Uh, but obviously wasn't familiar with the the you know the underbelly part of it, and right. uh, well that's that's why you know if you noticed I I was one of the first ones to really come out and talk about consulting in a big way and everything and then mm-hmm. right when you would think that I was rising I vanished I just I I split and it was because of that recognition that wow I am not okay if I keep going down the path I'm going down you know moving towards money moving towards becoming well-known, all these things that I thought I wanted, uh, it was going to hurt me really, really bad. I want to brag about you about one thing and not to cut you off, but when <laughs> you talk about that, uh, when you, when, 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 and I don't want to get too detailed on this for obvious reasons, uh, for self-interest here, but um, you were one of the major players in what has now become the largest um, social radio network in the world. Mm-hmm. Blog Talk Radio, uh, what we're doing this show on right now. And we're going back, I believe, to, my God, what, 06, okay. somewhere in there? Oh, is that cool to talk about? That you, oh, yeah, you, for sure. I, mean, I, 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 I was talking to uh, my friend and copywriter, Brian McLeod, and I said, man, I, for some reason, was screwing around um, doing some searching, and I came across you, and I said, wow, um, this girl was talking about a lot of stuff I talk about f- five years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like a dumbass, to, for lack of a better word, because I think I gave credit uh, to to a couple people. While they deserve it, they were not, in fact, the first uh, to come out with a lot of the information uh, that I talk about. Uh, it actually was uh, brought forth by you. So. Oh. 
Um, for for those out there who know what the hell I'm talking about, this lady that we're interviewing right now is actually the basically was the first person to ever talk about um, and uh, you know talk about the power power of this particular medium, Blog Talk Radio. And I'll leave it at that. Well, you thank can, you. <laughs> yeah, you're I was, welcome. I was a little, little ahead of my time there. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, you were quite ahead of your time, considering now they're interviewing presidents and everything else on this joint. Oh, I knew they would. <laughs> I mean, working with Alan and and seeing his vision, Alan Levy. I mean, he is just such an amazing human being, and and seeing the backbone that they had behind it, I just. I know now, is Alan actually the yeah, – is this give, just real quick on that before we move on about uh, – when you mentioned Alan in, your, in Block Talk Radio, is he, is he an owner, is CEO? What, I mean, what's his actual title there? Oh, yeah, he's, he's owner, co-owner with, uh, okay. with his partner. Um, okay. And, and I won't name his partner because I don't know how public he is with the brand. That's fine. You know, it's yeah, fine. They're, they're amazing, to... amazing, amazing gentlemen. I, they, they were one of my favorite clients I've ever had, for sure. Well, they have gone on and um, – um, I can never spit out the word exponentially. Did I say that right? But each year, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don't say use or you owe me money. I got a trademark. But uh, whatever words you just said, every year they grow. And now throw the word in for me. Every year they seem to grow what? Exponentially. Ex- there we go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. You're 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 sitting there. We're t- we talked about so for a couple of years. Basically, there's a detachment, a disconnect. I would probably disconnect, and I, it's probably the same. You know, I can see the same thing um, in soldiers coming back from Iraq or mm-hmm. Vietnam. I mean, you you I, I mean they talk a lot about that. Pro uh, you know post traumatic stress for 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 those in the military. Um, um, I know my uncle suffered from that. I've got a guy that walks around the street here in the town I live in um, that they think is nuts, and I found out one day he was, in fact, uh, a Vietnam vet who unfortunately left most of what he had there and pretty much is just now, you know, a body. Um, so, you know, there's different extremes. So... You dropped out. What 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 at this time were you doing? Were you were you had you you, had you made you you were I mean during this time I mean there was so you, I mean you you were one time you were literally basically broke homeless. We go through all this. You started kicking ass, and then what? I, I guess my question is, what what was so scary about? the notoriety that you were starting to receive? Because I know I was around during that time. I, I remember that. Yeah. it's. I think for me it, was, it wasn't anything happening on the outside. I just became starkly aware on the inside that I was broken, that mm-hmm. that trying to stand, you know, on, on the top of a mountain with broken legs, you know, it's, it wasn't going to work. And and I recognized that if I became any more well-known and then had some kind of severe breakdown that was very right. public, like, that's it for me, you know. So yeah, it destroys I, your career. You're done. Yeah, You're damaged good. Exactly. And I recognized, you know, I was very transparent even at that point. I mean, that's just how I choose to do business and to live my life. So re- recognizing, yeah, I always had the secret. I never thought it would be a big deal and thought I'd just never have to tell anyone. And sure. then when I started recognizing all the ways it was affecting me, it became this large entity in my life and then it became something I could not talk about. 
so I had to step away. And, and it was really just I saw that I was dying on the vine, and I realized that I couldn't help anybody until I helped myself because, you know, with the consulting and everything, I've I've come to a, a different purpose now with what, how I choose to live my life and what I want to do for others. But for me, it was always about service. You know, consulting was such a sexy idea to me because sure. I was helping people serve others, and in so doing, I was serving them. Like, consulting was this fun thing where it was always about service to others. And it was it was, there, was there a little guilt there because it's sort of like the guy who, you know, teaches, um, but like the college professor who teaches business, but he himself has probably never ran a company. Um, well, not. I mean, I. Had, I, had I mean, was there a conflict there? Did you feel like I'm because I, I realize you're 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 your type of consulting. I mean, well, you weren't trying to be Joyce Brothers. Um, it was it was it was business related. But did you did was that was that an issue ever for you that I'm here as in the form of a consulting consultant, which basically positions myself as someone in authority, and my own life is fucked up, and I got to deal with it. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe in that way. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't question my ability to teach people consulting. Oh, no, I, I wasn't either. I was just questioning the conflict, if there was a conflict. Yeah, I think the conflict, yeah, was that I, I wanted to go deeper, and, and I was always interested in self-help, so I wanted to help people with the inner game, too. And you're absolutely right. When it, when it came to talking about the inner game stuff, it was like, wow, Jamie, like you're not taking your own medicine here. And, and, mm-hmm. uh, and that's when I went behind the scenes. You know, I kept consulting. But I wasn't teaching anymore. I wasn't. I wasn't. In, instead of launching myself, I was basically launching other speakers and brands and authors and stuff. And 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 it was great because wow, did I learn a lot, you know? And I got to work right. with some really famous, wonderful people, and I learned a lot from them. And and uh, and it gave me time. You know, the great thing about doing product launches, which is what I ended up specializing in, is you know you can make six figures in a month. So oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I just racked in a, a couple launches, and then for the past 15 months, I've worked here and there, and I've been working very actively the past six months, but for about a good eight months, except for one nonprofit client that I that I was working with, I basically traveled the world and just... I know, and, I, I, and I, I'm so jealous. I, I, I was talking to somebody, and I said, you guys, you, you guys like, live live my dream because I'm, I'm married to a friggin' restaurant that I loathe and Aww. you literally travel. I mean, you, you're, you're, you and Rachel are like the gypsy twins. <laughs> I mean, every week I'm sitting there watching you somewhere else getting bitter. <laughs> Not really. No, I mean we'll that in a good way. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You can come to Vinny land anytime. Um, no, I thought I, I, I always said, I, I, I think one of the things that I really, found compelling about you was that whole lifestyle. I said, man, a lot of people talk about it, but you actually did it. I mean, you know, uh, you were, I mean, to just be able to, and that, and that's what it's all about, people, ultimately, is the freedom, to be able to say, you know what, today, you know, I want to go to Bali, or today I want to go to Aruba and sip frozen, frozen margaritas under the palm tree. You actually did that. I don't know if you did the, you know, frozen margaritas with the hot chicks like I would, but... <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? That's what it's all about, the freedom to be able to do whatever the hell you want to do. And, it is. Um, and, and for me, it was walking through fear. I, I, the travel was, one, I love to travel, but two, what was the thing I feared I could not do? And that was to pick up and go by myself because I knew to heal, that was a journey I had to take alone. And it became geographical therapy. I was I was living my internal process out loud. And I just want to say for, for everyone listening, you know, what – 
what got me there, what it was my Bible while I was traveling. It helped a lot. It was by this man, Osho, O-S-H-O, and the book mm-hmm. is Courage, The Joy of Living Dangerously. And that book, it's a real short book, and I picked it up randomly at the bookstore one day. I had no idea what it was about. It's just called Probably not book. randomly. I, I think things happen right. for reasons. Yeah. <laughs> always, always. Always. Uh, but but there was there was no logical reason for me to pick up this book. It was just it was just the right thing at the right time. And I read that book in one sitting. And the next day, I packed up my car and I left. That's great. Could you repeat the name of the book, by the way? Yeah, it's Courage, the Joy of Living Dangerously. Okay, and they can probably find that on Amazon, I assume. Yeah. Or this, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a, Osho is a very very famous Eastern mystic. Helped bring Zen to the Western world. Really cool cool guy. And uh, and his stuff isn't your typical like he he gets in your face he's he's basically the Vinny version of Zen. Well, I always thought Stuart Weil was the <laughs> Vinny version. I love him, <laughs> and I also studied Ernest Holmes' Science of the Mind. I, I I like anything that doesn't have a bunch of dogma attached to it. Exactly, <laughs> and Osho is very anti-dogma. I mean, people go to yeah. him and ask, you know. How how can I enlighten myself? And he's like, How the hell should I know? <laughs> you know? Well, Stuart Wilde says it better. He said, You know, you know, that's a, the, the the whole problem with the secret. I always said was it's yeah. wonderful. It's a good starting point. But as you're sitting up looking at the sky for the money to fall, uh, you know, your wife is sleeping with the pool boy and they're repoing your furniture. You have to. And I always love Stuart Wilde's line. You have to have that premise, but then you have to have what's called concerted action in the marketplace, which means you've got to get off your ass and actually do something. Um, It doesn't just drop, and uh, um, that's a good answer. I like this guy already. I'll have to pick that book up. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. So that, you know, and so that became my journey for the past year. I did a spiritual fast for 17 days that was incredibly eye-opening, and and uh, during that fast, that, that was actually one year ago, uh, almost to the day, I picked up a book, Women Who Run With the Wolves. And that mm-hmm. is what started this whole process the past year of recognizing, you know, the the story I told you earlier, the, the Red Shoes story came from that book. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes is the author. And it's a very, very famous book from, I think, 20, 30 years ago. And almost every woman has heard of it. And it just talks about how women are severed from the the wild woman within that that you know a lot of women now in the new age movement call it the goddess or what have you. But for me, it's just that that deep core feminine in us that's playful and it's sensual and it's and it's mm-hmm. grounded and it's just so in tune with everything going on around us. And and I realized that that's what I was missing. And I mean, reading this book, it was like she was talking to me just about the right. ways women break, the way that we're caged and kept and and lose ourselves and we just die on the vine and we lose our creativity and and i just saw all of these things that had played out across my life the past three years all the all the parts of myself that i had lost the the pieces that had died along the way that i never mourned or acknowledged i mean i was just bawling every night reading this book it was so were you uh were you actually did you actually fall into the stereotype during that time i mean no which no you no i mean we're during a certain time because you mentioned something to me i thought was pretty compelling um and we'll get to it um uh about women in business who think mm-hmm. they have two choices and right. I'm wondering, did at any time in your life, did you fit either one of them? And we'll let them know what those, you know, those two scenarios are, obviously. But right, you're you're right. Yeah, in in that way, um, I, I definitely fit the latter one, the safe, what we would consider the safe route. 
um, right. in business. And and at that point, I wanted to teach that route, not recognizing that that would completely destroy everything that made a woman what she was. Right. Uh, and we'll get to that later. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely, when I went to the Playboy Mansion for uh, the Rich Jerk event all those years ago, uh, that's yep, what I Yep, I, I, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was wonderful, and, and definitely not anything we can talk about live on the radio. <laughs> no, no, it, it, I, my, I, I, the girl in my picture is uh, Cassandra Lynn, who is a Playboy Miss February 2006, so I, I, oh, I have had the opportunity to visit the mansion one one time. Mm-hmm. It was not for a marketing event, however. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so at, at that event, you know, I got to meet all the the key marketers, and and many of the people have become my good friends since. And and Christy's uh, done a hell of a job with that company, by the way. Uh, Hef's daughter, brilliant, brilliant lady. Oh, you know, I have to I have to tell you about this book that you will get a kick out of. It's called Female Chauvinist Pigs: The Rise of of Ranch Culture. Yeah, it's, it's a very feminist take on you know the the Playboy franchise. Uh, uh, girls Gone Wild, all all the different ways that, but basically that we women only have one model for sexuality now, and so we throw everything into that version of sexuality and completely ignore all the other layers and and sides of our sexuality. And and in some ways I agree with her, but she she takes it to a whole other level. I mean, she's well. I also have a problem with women who judge, though. I I I I I had a lady sitting up here. Um, and one of the girl girls I used to date did adult film, and she wants to sit here and tell me how degrading it is uh, to women. And, and my first reaction is, you know, this particular girl you're referring to takes very good care of her two children. She's a single mom. She's not in the business anymore. And your ass is taking up three bar stools pounding cocktails down in my bar well your kid is out running the streets and i have a real issue with the judgmental side that cattiness because no one can degrade anyone this blanketing of saying if a if a you know uh you know i think half's whole motto was nice girls can enjoy sex too and for some reason, if and, and I'm going a different direction slightly, but I want to bring it up because I'd like your opinion on this. I I don't. It's like saying somebody can piss you off. Well, they can't. You're allowing it because for someone to degrade you, you have to give up. You have to give them that power. I'm not talking about physical force, but I'm saying for, to sit here and and say that because a woman opposed in Playboy, it degrades the woman, uh, the entire female race. I think it's bullshit because how to me it, life is individuality. Um, it's not a herd of sheep, and yet the people that generally throw the stones uh, and protest too much are generally. Uh, the ones who are either suppressed in some way or partaking. You know, you see it in politics all the time. Anybody protests too much about about the gays usually ends up uh, being a closet gay or someone who, who but, you know, I, I just see it over and over, and, and um, I, I, I don't agree. I, yeah. I, that's the one issue I've always had with that, that statement when I hear things like playboy, it degrades women. Um, well, I want to go back to what you said about, uh, you know, the the person that protests most against gays. Is I'll protest too much, uh, Shakespeare, and I swear to God, whenever I see somebody on the news, like a Republican, well, how about a, a certain New York governor who is, 
you know, running on an anti-prostitution, uh, you know, we got to run the hookers out of New York and then ends up shacking up with one. Right, yeah. Elliot Spitzer? I mean, I see it all the time, and it's, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate hypocrisy. And um, I just have learned one of the things I know for sure in life is when I see somebody protest a little too much against uh, race, religion, or uh, sexual orientation, or anything like this, uh, they're generally, um, or like in the case of that uh, DA that was just <clears throat> making some kid's life miserable because he was gay, and this is actually a, a, a district attorney, and I forget which state it was in, um, you could take one look at him, and, and, and most likely he probably, his hatred directed at this kid is probably because he himself is gay, and you see it all the time. Um, I have an issue with people, like I said, uh, you know, the, the stone casters, more people need to worry about their own house and, and, and their own lives and, and <clears throat> less about what's going on in other people's bedrooms, I think. And, and, I, and I, I see that a lot with some of the comments, again, made about, you know, Playboy and such and such. Um, to me, if a woman wants to pose for Playboy or if a woman wants to be a stripper or she wants to be a college professor, um, that's her individual right, and it shouldn't be an indictment on a female race. Yeah. Well, I think I think it goes a lot deeper than we care to admit all the ways mm -hmm. that women judge each other, and the ways that you know. Have you are you familiar with Tori Amos? Yes. Okay, she's one of my favorite musical artists, and and she has this amazing uh, organization called Rain to support women who who have been abused or. <coughs> Or so on. And she has this wonderful quote. She says, you know, women, the violence between women is astonishing. We make each other crawl till our knees are bleeding. And yeah. women, it, it, our evolutionary biology, if you, if you look at how we're, we're designed, our brains, our, our hormones, everything, women are built to require community. And, and a lot of us aren't even aware of this. I, I only recently discovered this. And so that's why, like, if, if a, a woman and a man move to a new city, do you ever notice that, that you as a man could probably just get off without a hitch? You don't know anybody there. It's no big Oh, I've been there. I was homeless in, like, in Salt Lake City. I got off the Greyhound bus, didn't even know where the hell to go. Yeah, yeah. But and, made and it work. It, yeah, for men it's usually no problem. And if the woman is in her masculine, she can probably do okay. But for many women, we go to a new place. And, and I'm not talking about whether or not we can be in the adventure of going to a new place, but... At a, at a deep biological level, most women will have a panicky, stressed feeling when they don't feel that support system around them. Sure. And that's because, you know, back in the day when we were hunters and gatherers, if your community ostracized you or kicked you out or did anything like that as a woman, you were pretty much kaput. You and your kids right. were not going to make it. And right. so I find it fascinating that women, we biologically need other women. We emotionally and psychologically need other women so many women I talk to, they don't feel supported, and yet we're the first ones to judge other women. We're the first ones to say, oh, her skirt is too short, she looks like a whore, or yep. she should lose a few pounds, or, you know, what have you, and, and all the drama and the reality shows. And and it breaks my heart because yeah. these women, if you, if you dig just below the surface of their judgments, most of these women don't actually feel that way. They've been trained to judge other women that way, to further distance themselves from being seen that way because 
we are judgmental towards a woman's sexuality as a society and a culture. And, sure. you know, there, there are all these different ways that we're taught to operate this way. Like, a lot of women aren't even aware of it. And, and I'll pause somebody that, that will just make an offhand comment when we're all out, and I'll be like, well, why do you think she's a whore? Oh, well, you know, she's wearing a tiny dress and da-da-da. And I'm like, well, so am I, <laughs> you know? And right. they're like, oh, oh, well, not you. You know, it's the way she carries herself. And, and I'm like, no, honestly, like, let's look at this. And you dig deeper, and especially if she's had a few to drink and gets really honest, some of these women will start crying, and they're just saying, well, if I admit how pretty she is, or well, I... Well, that's, what it, that's what it boils down to. It's, yeah, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're, you're saying exactly what my point is, that it, it, when anyone that lives vicariously through anything, person, place, or thing, and when I mean that, I mean I've got an uncle that literally lives and dies by his golf game. He has a bad round of golf. He considers himself a loser. Um, if 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 uh, yeah. I, I see it with my 16-year-old niece, and good God, I'm glad I, I uh, you know, I, I it would be it would be very hard to raise a teenage girl in this society. Uh, she showed me something on Facebook. It's just heartbreaking. Some some girl had a dress on and these just like a pack of wolves. They're jumping all over and calling her. I mean, and it's just yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, it's like 13, 14 year old girls, oh, and they're yeah. just. And that 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 fucks up people for the rest of their life. I mean, yeah. when you it's got to be just dealing with with all women. We were yeah. all those teenage girls. Yeah. And the one moment that we were learning to become who we were when we were discovering what it what we would look like and and our body is changing and everything is shifting and then we get hit, you know, from every angle by other girls and the boys and media messages and TV and everything else and I mean it's it's fascinating because all of us, it's one of the things I want to say to everyone out there. It's like, yeah, some of us have some pretty scary stories, and we all have that story, whatever it is for each of us. You know, we've all been through whatever we've been through. And a lot of us look at all these, you know, really tough stories that some of us, like yourself or, or me, may have. Others will look at that and say, well, you know, I didn't have it so bad. What, what right do I have to be screwed up? You know, and I used right. to think that. And the bottom line is all of us went through things that have been so normalized in our society that we don't understand the scars and numbing and sure. and tiny deaths that we have experienced through our entire life. And we're we're walking around like the walking dead. And none absolutely. of us realizes it. Oh, absolutely. It's called there there I, 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 I hate to repeat it because I say it on every show, but I'm convinced ninety five percent of the population are sheep. They 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 their their entire mission and they don't they don't live, they exist because they 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 desperately need third party validation. They desperately need to keep up with this mythical Jones family who if you went through the picket fence and opened up at the door would find out that family's probably more screwed up than you are, mm-hmm. you know, yourself. Um, but but that's what people do. And like I said, uh, you know, whether it's a, you know, a certain designer or whether it's this or that, when, when you as a human being uh, are striving to um, define yourself by, you know, a brand or what Britney Spears is wearing on her ass or this or that and guys with their sport um, to the point where it overtakes everything else. You've got, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not living. You're basically one of the herd. And to me, that's not life. It's a waste of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really, I, I just, I, I, 
I, I, I treasure individuality. I think it's one of the things, you know, people waste the most. I think uh, so many of us spend a lifetime trying to be somebody, you know, reach the top of something that really isn't even there. It's inside you to begin with. And and because it's easier to strive, you know, I want to be like I want to be like Mike. Well, you know what? Uh, Vinny isn't ever going to be able to slam dunk a basketball. So while I can appreciate watching greatness, I don't have to, you know, live or die by whether the Bulls cover the point spread or not, or whether you know I I I, I don't I meant the point in my life where I just. I am who I am, and if, 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 if you don't like it, you know, I'm sorry, but tough shit, you know. Um, that's, I, I, I don't need to, um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't need to conform with what society as a whole thinks is best for me. I mean, something that struck me was uh, something Albert Einstein said once, and it was to the effect, you cannot solve problems. Uh, with the same level of consciousness that mm-hmm. created them, and and you know it's like banging your balls into an oak tree over and over and thinking it's not going to hurt the fifth time or the sixth time. So, um, I I I totally agree with you, and I think that's one of the things that needs. Uh, and it's not just for women. I see this with guys too. So I mean, well, you, you, the, everything you're talking about with the with with the girl, I think it's t- I do in a way think it's harder. Uh, you know, as far as like I said, I have, tw- I have a niece and nephew who are twins, and I, I think it's definitely harder in some ways. I don't think I know to be a teenage girl than it is a guy, for for many of the stereotypes and cliches that are out there. But um, trust me, it's it's uh, it. This is a this is an issue that if, you know is is uh, gender blind. Completely. I mean that's that's the first thing that uh, you know. Several months ago, I I did this article about uh, how to heal a woman's hurt and the origin mm-hmm. of of sacrifice. Just how how this happens to little girls that become women and how we become disempowered. And the very first thing I say is, you know, women are not the only ones that are that are faced with this. I mean. We're we're being overly masculinized by society. Women feel that we have to be more like men, but men are absolutely being over feminized. It's like it's like both both of us, you know, mm-hmm. both genders are are coming into this confusion where the old roles don't matter anymore. Everything's being re- rewritten, but nobody tells us what it means to be a woman in today's day and age. Nobody's telling you what it means to be a man in today's right. day and age. You know, Fight Club is one of my favorite movies and books because, you know, he really says it's like. What what is a man supposed to to do in this world? What what does it mean to be a man? And men are probably more so being taught now that they have to be more like women. Women are trying to make men more like women. You know, you have to. I think Prince, the uh, musician, musician, I think he got it down perfectly. Because this guy gets a lot of hot chicks, and he's straight, and and, 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 and it's almost what I think of the perfect blend of feminine masculine. There's a dude who can walk out in pumps, but he's but he's back in the day was scoring Kim Basinger. Wait, I mean, you know, I mean, it's fascinating. I I don't even know why he popped into my brain. And but I didn't uh, know what you said. I said when you mentioned that, I was thinking of the rock the the rock musician Prince, who oh. actually, I said there was a guy who could come out in 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 high heels, but 
was, you know, taking home babes like Kim Basinger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you but know, I, it was. It just proves to you that, that femininity. There aren't many women. like that that are comfortable. Uh, it can be, you know, <laughs> I, I see your point as far as you're right. Guys now, you know, what what is proper etiquette? You know, do, you know, I mean, I'm the type of guy, take a girl out, I'm picking up a check. That's just old school Italian type. You, you, did, you know, but now you can offend somebody by doing, you know, I mean, and again. Well, I would hope not. I mean, that. that <laughs> I would hope not either. Yeah. You know, it's for me, you know, I my test on a first date and, you know, I'll tell all the men out there because I'm dating again. If you ever do this, I will be very upset. <laughs> Is, oh, you, you like know, to pick the check up? No, I don't. No. I, I offer. Good girl. That. See, I always offer. I'll pull out my, my pocketbook, and if a man says, okay, yeah, you can pay for it, then I'm like, well. Oh, he's a loser then, honey. Yeah, yeah no, don't, don't let that happen. Yeah, they, they should say, hey, that's sweet, but I got it. And then if they do that, the next time we go out, I will say, you know what, you got me last time, I, w- I want to treat you this time. And then the next time I will, I will pay for it. Well, and see, the next time, the next time I wouldn't let you pay either. But that, but that's, that's very fine. cool. <laughs> and I and I would accept that because that yeah, cool. you know that's perfectly fine. But for me, I was very masculine for most of my life. I mean, I, you know, what happened four years ago, four and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Part of that is because I I was molested as a little kid. You know, I I always had this. Um, no, issue. well, you didn't mention that earlier. No, I this. I didn't. Um, but but a lot of you know when I try to explain to people why I was in my mask in my whole life, they're like, well, you weren't raped until a couple of years ago. I'm like, yeah, okay, so there was this too. Um, but you know, so I, I mentioned that just to say that I learned at a very young age that perhaps what was feminine or or female was weak. You know. All right, I this is going to be a real personal question. Um, okay. Did how is maybe maybe it's, it, I don't think I've ever had probably the most personal question I ask anybody ever on my show. How <laughs> how does that? You know, having been involved in the adult film industry, um, the cliche is that every girl in it has got to be screwed up and is a slut, a whore, and and was molested, when in fact some of the most normal girls I know, um, actually, to be honest with you, are in the industry. I want to know how did that type of trauma, because now, now you're bringing up even prior mm-hmm. uh, stuff, how did that affect you, uh, your sexuality. I, I am trying to say it as politically correct as I can. I mean, yeah. I would think that would have to screw your head up quite a bit. It did. I, I had my wires crossed at a very young age that sex was a transaction, and because what how how it happened, it was an older uh, kid in the neighborhood. Like you know, mm-hmm. I was five or six. He was like teenager or something, and and I was always a very unpopular kid, and so. The the story was, you know, if you tell anybody, I won't be your friend, and I'm the only friend you've got. And when and at I five or six, you still believe in Santa Claus and the tooth fairy. Of course, fairy. I mean, yeah, I I don't even know what's going on. I mean, that that's the thing. Right. I held so much guilt around how could I let that happen. And it's like, Jamie, you got to remember, you were five freaking years old. Like, you know yeah. what? And and it's just amazing. You know, we we go back to our memories with these adult brains, and we don't understand that. Hey, you were a little kid, and you know, and I've finally come to really appreciate and, and accept that, you know. So at that age, you know, 
I I got hardwired. You know, our brain is still hardwiring by the age of seven, so it became hardwired in my brain that, mm-hmm. you know, basically it was a transaction that I, because I felt uncomfortable with that, that's why I had no friends. Did you become, did it make you more promiscuous or did no, it, make, it did do the, the opposite. opposite effect? It did because the opposite. one or two things usually happen, yes. one or the other. Yeah, yeah. For me, okay, so for me, I, you know, luckily I had a very, very close family, and my mom always, mm-hmm. you know, taught me that when you're ready you know, to move in, into something sexual, that's fine, mm-hmm. but, you know, really be ready and da 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 And so I honored my body in that way, and I waited until mm-hmm. I was in a long-term relationship in college, blah, 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 the whole sweet story. Right. And, and But unfortunately, where, where it really just kicked me in the ass was that transactional concept. And Tony Robbins talks about this a lot, too, that it, it's not just people that suffer something like that at a young age. A lot of us believe that love or sex or relationships can become very transactional. I give you this, you give me that. You know, the joke that men have love to get sex and women have sex to get love, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's this transactional component. For me, it showed up in my business partnerships. Uh, For a long time, when I would go into business with a man, I actually have not had a male business partner uh, in quite some time. And, well, recently I have because I, I worked through it and became conscious of it. But... For a while, I just stopped having male business partners because it would always come to this thing where it would trigger the past. I'm sure. I mean, would. I mean, and I would. They, yeah. they would, for some reason, want to enter in some kind of sexual situation, and and I'm thinking, oh, I can't succeed unless they help me, and then I'm questioning, should I go here or not go here, and and you know, and and none of them ever tried to force the issue, but it just it created right. a deep discomfort in me, and that's when I went really, really strong into my masculine in business. I, I wouldn't, I mean, if you saw me at the Playboy Mansion, you would laugh. I was wearing pants, you know. It's like I, <laughs> I don't go out anywhere in pants practically anymore, you know. No. But I, just, I had to be as close to a man as possible to feel comfortable. And that's unfortunate because you probably, you know, dressed dressed up into the nines probably could have, well, not probably, I'm guessing, uh, I I know, well, Having been there, I can say that there's. You probably would have looked better than uh, more than a couple of the the girls here. <laughs> so, if you go back, put the dress on. It's yeah, all good. Yeah, oh, I definitely will. I have no. I see. I mean, we might as well talk about women in business because yeah. I have such just passion for the concept that women do not have to be masculine in business. We do not have to be so terrified of men being sexually attracted to us. And and this comes Thank from you. me who had serious, serious issues with this. I will yeah. tell you this right now. I do not look any different than I did five, six, seven years ago. I have not changed anything about me except the fact that I healed the 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 abuse that I went through. I have had male business partners now over the past couple of years. I mean, you know, Jim Quick and David Bass are the most amazing men in the universe. I've I worked with them the past two years on product launches. And they are sure. near and dear to my heart, and I have. Had and you're doing Vinny's day. show. And what? what? What's up with that? I love it. Uh, yeah, I I just I don't have the fear of that that I used to, and I will tell you that men don't approach me the way that they used to, and nothing changed other than me healing my own crap. And well, and once you do that, you're no longer the victim, and and and, exactly. and that projects. Exactly. I mean, it's, you, you, because I can spot a victim a mile away. I'm one of these guys who's attached myself to victims. I'm one. I that's one of my issues. Is throughout life I have attracted a lot of women into my life that need saving. And yes. one of my grandfathers, and this isn't probably a nice thing to say, he said, but 
uh, he said, uh, Vinny, one of the, gave me a list of four rules, one of which was don't take on a woman with more problems than you have. And I've made a career out of doing that. Oh. And, uh, yeah. And I often wonder why. And 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 I I heard one of the the most this 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 really was staggering to hear from uh, the was uh, I, I'm not going to mention her name. It's from several years ago, but this particular girl who was stunningly beautiful. I managed to get lucky in that category. Um, I don't know why. Maybe it's just a good line of bullshit. But the girl's beautiful, loved her to death, been in love three times, only my life is it. And, and like I said, have failed miserably in all three attempts. Um, but one day, her mother, who I got rather close to just, you know, because she, you know, well, Carly, I'll just say, had some issues. And, and I said, God, I, I, I don't know what I can do for her. I'm doing everything I can for her and this and this. And she made a comment to me. She said, you don't understand. She doesn't like herself. The more you do for her, the more she's going to hate you for it. And yeah. at the time she said that, I never, it never made any sense. So in other words, the more I do, the more she's going to. But what it is, what, what basically she was trying to say is that, Every time you do something or pay a water bill or do this, she's got to look at the reflection in the mirror saying, look at me, I'm a friggin' loser. I can't even pay the, the, the light bill or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, 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 I, and unfortunately, I've attracted a lot of, of, of that into my And I don't know, you know, I don't know why. And it's not a power thing. I'm not on an ego trip where I want to go in and do it. It's just, but on oh, some I level, I must attract that. Huh? I think a part of you resonates with it. You know, I'm a believer in everything breaks down into energy, you know. Absolutely. And and there's, you know, and there's probably a part of you that that resonates with that victim mode, you know. And and it's not necessarily, like you said, it's not like the predator will resonate with the victim, but I don't think that's you. I think it's more. No, no. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm the underdog lover in life. You know, I'm the guy, you know, know, it's always – I hate bullies. I despise them, and I'm not just talking about the playground type. I'm talking about uh, on a on a on a larger level. You know, um, people that wield power be, or hide behind titles or badges mm-hmm. or this and that. And re- and when you realize that, if you, once that's stripped off them, there there's nothing there. Um, I, I hate people in a position of power who try to wield it. Um, to to make themselves feel better by you know basically belittling others so um, yeah in my case it's it's um, I have an affinity for people that uh, life has kicked in the ass and much like you I had a great family support system it, you know and thank um, God right <laughs> yeah thank God I mean I I, I could have really been screwed up I was a good kid actually exactly. Uh, I, yeah, and I, I w- that was interesting. That's why when we were talking about Thanksgiving, I, the first thing you got out of your, your mouth was something to the effect, oh, I love the family thing. And I told you about, you know, I love, you know, I got great parents and, you know, you know um, and, I'm, and I'm, very, um, I'm, I'm very grateful for that because um, I don't know uh, what would have happened had I not had that family support. So, but I think you make a great point on the women of business. I, I, I mentioned to you about my Red Bull theory, and some people were offended and thought it was sexist, but it really wasn't. And I told you about, you know, I've said it on my shows. The girl comes in, she's cute, she smiles. She, I don't remember what her pitch was, but I, but I know that I bought a case of Red Bull, which basically, as I told you, is like liquid methamphetamine. I drank one bottle, it was up for two days, and four years later, it's still here. But 
I said there is a classic example of a smart, cute girl who came in and made a sale. And had that been, you know, Lumpy the newspaper boy, I wouldn't have had time to even talk to him, much less buy anything from him. And I don't. My point about that is, is I don't want to use a cliche. Cliche if you've got it, flaunt it, but. There is nothing wrong with, you know, there's a built-in advantage that a, that, a, that a female can have that can break down barriers that we guys as salespeople can't. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That doesn't mean you come in there like a slut. I'm not saying that, and neither are you. But, but I think what you are saying is you don't have to come in there like, uh, you know, the dude from uh, Boiler Room either. <laughs> Well, the, that's that's the thing. See, for a woman, it's it's scary because you know you think you think of a woman who's going into an office or into a networking meeting or anything like that, and we feel like okay, there there's this venture that we have or this movement or passion that we stand for, and and it's something that's important to us, and we want to go in and we want to be able to talk about it. But as soon as we get there, the guys are just flirting. They you know. Um, we're trying to talk shop, and they want to go in a different direction, and and it's very frustrating for a woman. Or when she's trying to network with a man, he says he wants to help her, and then he starts helping her, but it's obvious that he's trying to get, you know, he has ulterior motives. That is very off-putting for a woman, and it's hard for a woman to separate what her worth is to him as a business opportunity and what her worth is to him as somebody who's trying to get in the sack. And I have had right. so many women come to me and say, what do I do in this situation? I, I try to shut it off, but, you know, they're, they're still hitting on me or they're still doing whatever. And I said, look, number one, you have to understand that men are men, we are women, and the, the masculine absolutely adores the feminine. Men are going to always love women. There's nothing we can do about it. If a man is sexually attracted to you, that is not your fault and that is not your responsibility. You can make right. it very clear that he's not getting that. But I said the mistake I used to make and that a lot of women make is we make such a big deal out of it. Guys are sexually attracted to, like, you tell me. You're you're sexually attracted to somebody, like, what, 50,000? Uh, boy, it runs a gamut. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but the point being... I used to be in the blondes and it switched to brunettes, and now I don't know what, but now it's like both. Now you're you know. full opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> I am an equal opportunist. Yeah, okay, so now to a woman, we... Most women I know, they're they're sexually attracted to a guy maybe once a year or once right. a month if they're lucky. So when a woman feels that a man is sexually attracted to her, she's thinking the way it is when she's sexually attracted to a man, where for her it's a big deal. And so I tell her, you know, yeah, he's going to be attracted to you. It's not a big deal. The minute you make it a big deal and he feels that you're rejecting him, then it becomes an issue and you're going to lose. Ego blow time, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so what I do is I'll just jokingly, playfully – because that, that's something that when I talk to men about the one thing they miss uh, in their wife that maybe she used to have or, like, what, what would they love to fix in their relationship, mm-hmm. what I hear most often, unless it's, like, a serious issue, is I wish she was still playful. I right. hear that so often from men. And playfulness is just such a beautiful side of, of being a woman that I think so many women lose. And so I, I just started becoming very playful. So if a guy, I see it a lot with girls who get married. I mean, it, it's like that's what I'm I've saying. known some. They get. They, I, I have seen it in three girls that have gotten married. Two have since been divorced. Um, it, it changed. It, it was like it, they. I don't know how to describe it, but 
the word you're using, I'd have probably a different word, but it became routine yeah. and um and and monotonous and missionary. Exactly. Yeah, for lack of no, a better word. Well, that's exactly right because if a woman loses her playfulness, guess what? She's not going to feel sexy. She's right. not going to be in the mood. She's just going to go through the motions and and that's not her fault. There are mm-hmm. ways that women can awaken that within themselves and not for the man, but for themselves. And then I mean we're we're doing this fun video uh, in our women's series right now on relationships, and it's just how I caught know, the I first think, video and it was great. I actually oh, Vinny watched a chick flick, and I actually <laughs> like I really did. No, that's I, I'll admit it. I'm not, and, and, I, and I'm I'm you know, and before the show's over, I will have to take the show to the gutter at least once because um, um, you know I'll have to ask you if you know. Something you know naughty, but I'll save oh, it. No, it so wouldn't be a Vegas Ben show if I didn't do it. I got, <laughs> I got to keep <laughs> the earlier one. No, 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 no. I know that was serious. I hit you with something less, less brooding. Um, what, what is so, so basically? What let everybody in because we're talking just like you know, friends would talk on the phone. But what? Explain to people exactly what you do um, before we get into this product. You are a uh, would you define it as you were primarily a marketing consultant. You what and what did you do? Explain to people kind of what you did or okay. still do, and then, then I want to get into this project that you got currently. But okay. we haven't really defined that because we're, yeah. we're I'm, I'm assuming I mean there could be a lot of people out there that said, well, you know, what the hell does this girl do? <laughs> yeah, we probably should have. We're just assuming everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, for the past decade, I've been a marketing consultant, primarily in the area of copywriting. I've ghostwritten books and and info products for people, usually in the self help and spirituality categories, sometimes in internet marketing. For the past two years, I've really honed that down to, uh, you know, managing and doing the copywriting for multi million dollar product launch campaigns for best selling authors, speakers, and brands like Blog Talk Radio and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's you're a badass. We know that. <laughs> I, I was I, uh, Brian McLeod or somebody told me that. They said that's a bad biatch, and they oh. meant that in a very big comp, as a complimentary uh, way. I might add. Oh, nice. So you make you you've been you you're one of these who who makes some really good bling bling, and you do it quietly, mm-hmm. and um, and now for whatever reason, it looks like we got Jamie Minton back out there being more visible. So I think that in itself is very cool. Yeah, and that was just really connecting with, you know, I I disappeared for this past year traveling, and I went, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, I went to go find myself. Mm -hmm. And I did, and I connected with, you know, because if I was going to come back, it's like what... What footprint do I want to leave on the world? What What's my legacy? Why? What can I do so that when I leave here, I'll know that my living mattered? I mean, that that right. has always been so important to me, and uh, it's it's fascinating because you know, not to totally like uh, go all new agey on you for a minute, but uh, several years ago, before I started dealing with healing this whole process, but it was after after the experience I went through, I. Mm-hmm went to see a prospective client to see the work that he did, and he worked with flower essences, which I is kind of a, almost like a homeopathy kind of thing, and I wasn't right. sure what I thought of it, so I want to see what... Could you say the word again, because I didn't quite catch it. It's called what? Oh, flower, he works with flower essences, which oh, is... Oh, flower kind of essences, okay, okay. Yeah, so uh, so I went there to see what his stuff was about, and, and he said, okay, each 
flower essence corresponds with a negative belief that your body is holding. And I'm going to muscle test you for the different beliefs. And when we see which ones that you test uh, strong on, it means that you believe that. And then he gives you the flower essence to release that negative belief. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I think about this, but, you know, I decide to go through it. And I, I test strong for a couple phrases, and one was, I carry the weight of all women on my shoulders. And I'm like, where the heck would that come from? I, I had no understanding at that juncture what that could have been about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, fast forward a couple years later after I've worked through all of my, my pain and, and suffering and everything that I went through, I recognized that, yeah, I choose to carry the weight of the world of the women in the world on my shoulders. That not not that they need me to carry that for them, or that I even should. That's not healthy for me. But to be able to stand up for women and just be there for them, you know, to be a voice to say. Well, and with you, Jamie, you're it, 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 truthfully, guys and girls, um, I, I, I've been around the block long enough. I think what resonates with you is it's genuine. I mean, it, I think. I think all of us out there, especially people in the marketing world, we're pre, you know, we're predisposed to put blinders up about this or that. Um, <clears throat> I think that's why you and even uh, to the same degree, Rachel, are so beloved out there, is because it, you can't fake what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You, you, it, it just is. It's not a, it's not a pitch, in other words, because right. most of us can spot those uh, a mile away and. Um, I, the other thing I take out of this entire conversation that really people need to, to grasp is that based on circumstances in your life, you had two paths you could have took, and one of them is the path of the good majority would take, which is I'm a victim, poor me, and guess what? I have a right to be a victim, and now I can validate the fact that I'm basically going to do nothing for the rest of my life but feel sorry for myself, feel guilty, and et cetera. And rather than doing that, you went the other path and shows to, um, in my case, I always said um, I, I, I didn't uh, serve time. I let the time serve me or vice versa. Um, um, and, and I came out, and instead of doing what everybody else, oh, man, I can't get a job and I can't. Uh, you know, I, I could fake a resume with the best of them. Uh, you know, I did, you did what you had to do. But what what it does is you've got two choices you can make. You can, for those of you out there who've been in prison or have been raped or whatever, God bless you, I'm sorry. But there comes a time where you have to go on with your life and and move forward. And you can take the two roads, and, and the one road you don't often come back from. You just stay there. And the dreams get buried with you when you go. And what, you know, Jamie's doing is, is you know, the road less traveled, which has always been my favorite one because it's the honest one in the sense that it's not always easy, but it's the one that ultimately is, is, is true to yourself. It's, it's your path. And, um, and for that, uh, you definitely uh, uh, should be commended on because again, it would have been real easy for you to to play the victim card, and 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 a lot of people do because then we get what's called, you know, empathy, sympathy, 
poor, poor so-and-so, she was this, and they feed off that. Mm. And that's that's not a good thing either. And I'm not discounting any of it. I mean, my God, you know. But eventually you do have to, you do have a choice. And yeah. you, can, you, can re, you can stay the victim or you can move forward. And I'm not judging and saying, oh, that's easy for you to say or whatever. I'm saying you do have a choice, however. It's not yeah. discounting what happened. It's not, it's not minimizing the, the damage and the, and the suffering. But with that said, you've still got 50 or 60 years left on the planet. Do you want to spend them in this, this, this prison of your own making, or do you want to break out and do something positive? I agree. You know, I, I find it fascinating because going through this whole journey, I, I've been interviewing so many women and reading tons of books. You know, a lot of, a lot of the women's brands that are coming out, it's, it's great and it's amazing content, but it's, you know, forgive me for saying, a lot, a lot of content that's been out there before um, and some of the really deep content that is made for women, you know, that is designed for the female brain that looks at the female psyche and our evolutionary biology and, you know, just all the ways that we are unique and, and the specific things that we have to contend with as women a lot of that information is so deeply buried in, you know, just academic corners of of the bookstore and the library that any mainstream woman would never even know to look for them, let alone find them. And and so we've been doing a deep dive to bring all of that to the mainstream. What I love about you, too, is you don't judge. I mean, you're not one of – it's not a radical feminist who hates men. No, uh, nothing that. that, that's the that's you know because I, I can't it, no I I I don't I, I, I have little use for them about as much as I do yeah, the, the the guys who 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 deep down hate women right. on some They're level too you know and and this is the hardest thing that I had to face is you know even the man who took three weeks of my life and almost took everything that. Well, that that guy, the guy should. Well, I don't want to get into my yeah, opinion. Yeah, You're going to get my blood pressure up on that no, one. No, I'm going to have a, the big but one on the air. That, yeah, but I have to say that even that person, I had to acknowledge that, on a deep level, he was hurting too. You know, and and a lot of people who judge others that harm others, and it doesn't make it okay. None of this. Yeah, I understand. Any of it okay, but we do have to understand that the first step to healing these things, to ending them, to helping people overcome the ways that they harm each other and harm themselves is awakening just that deeper sense of of what's going on. You know, a lot of women, Mm -hmm. they don't understand that they're dying on the vine. They they no longer look at the fact that they're a victim. Most of them won't even admit it to themselves. It'll come out in their language and someone like you and me will hear it, but they don't hear it. And so they're out there trying to figure out why their relationship isn't working, why they don't want to have sex, why men aren't calling them back, why they're not getting the raise at work. It's it's all these And you don't have to be raped to be a victim. There's a lot of no, women no. and men out there that are victims that just go along life shuffling along and yes. and that is a and and they are and they themselves are victims. Just just because they they don't see to me a victim is somebody who doesn't doesn't even couldn't recognize opportunity if it slammed them up, upside the head. Right. Um, because they got blinders. Is, they walk through tunnel vision. With, yeah. uh, they walk through life with tunnel vision. I agree, and that tunnel vision means that when, when they hear us say, you're a vic- if you feel you're a victim, you need to choose, they're going to be like, well, he's not talking to me, because they, they don't right. even see it for themselves. And so what I'm saying is that, you know, when people are attaching to these, 
simple, you know, I call it cosmopolitan headlines. You know, mm-hmm. how, oh, how to get yeah. the guy, how to get the job, how to get whatever. Great, great copywriting headlines, by the way, for you copywriters, oh, aren't they, James? I, <laughs> I that's a swipe file from the, the guy. That's Gary Halbert's swipe file, that and the National Enquirer. <laughs> yeah, they're they're freaking brilliant. For me, dealing with women, I look at a lot of PUA uh, sales letters, pickup artists. You know, yep. men, how to meet women. You know, you've got to change a lot of the languaging, but it, it's the same pressure points. And that's fascinating because I, I have a my friend Sylvia Ruff in uh, Canada has a, a, a dating book out there, and that's fascinating because you could you could take some some of these really big selling uh, products and just switch the language around and the bullets and make it he to she or she to he, and there you go. That's, yeah, that's pretty, I mean, there's, yeah, that's there's actually a copywriting tip somebody ought to write down. I like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're right, it works. Well, but it, it does work. See, someone like you who, who could understand the nuances would, would do it right, but I've seen people do this where they take specifically, like, done exactly that. You know, it's like when you outsource stuff to, to India, if you don't give it too specific, <laughs> it's they're going to yeah. give you exactly what you asked for and they don't understand, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So Yeah, I do. Hey, so, quick question for you. Um, I've got a jam switchboard, and I wasn't taking any calls. Um, oh, okay. I do. I, I. There is a. Do you know anybody from 704? I do not. Area code. I mean, I might. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, I. There's a hand. I just. I don't usually take calls in this show. I just, it's the area code 704, and the first three digits of the number are 607. I just yeah, didn't I know. Yeah, I don't that. mind us taking calls. Well, I, I'll. I usually. I'm not going to probably do it on this show. Um, I just wanted to make sure that wasn't <clears throat> someone that um, you immediately recognized the number on and was um, calling in, like maybe Rachel or somebody. Rachel's probably blow drying her hair. So <laughs> I think she's with her family, actually. Oh, really? Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Rachel Rofeg, another cool chick. And you guys were you and and you two guys and you hung around a lot together. Oh yeah, she's my best friend. She spent my yeah. birthday with me and just oh my gosh, yeah, she's amazing. This is where I go to the gutter. I interviewed Jason Moffat on my show. He said he was over at your guys' place, and he slept on the couch. Uh, I had a few too many drinks in me on one of my shows. I said if it had been Vinny over there, I would have either gotten lucky or got slapped and had been sleeping in Tombow Desk Motel 6. <laughs> that's where I'm going to the gutter. So that's, that's the gutter. Okay, we can move <laughs> we can We can move along from there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there's 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 Rachel Rofe. I'm picturing Rachel Rofe and Jamie Benton with four uh, margaritas, and uh, I'm not thinking about the couch. <laughs> but Jason's a gentleman. Oh, anyway, I love no, he's no no. Jason's crazy. No, I had him on the show. He's cool. Um, what talk about this? This this is um, this isn't really a launch. I don't even want to call this a launch. What you're doing, it's more of a because I know you're making your big dollars too, and you're. I mean, you're not like you're still doing your. You still got your clients and everything. I mean, you're yeah. not. I've you, but this, this is more of like a passion project for you, right? It is, but this is going to be my life for perceivably the rest of my life. I mean, we are building this as a true bona fide business, and uh, yeah, I'm and really, I'm sorry. Well, well, I was going to mention a comment that. Uh, um, the marketer, I think I sent you information. I, I just love, I love him to death. Oz the Mail said, if you, you when when you, you know when you find your passion, 
um, even if you're doing something you don't like, you get it to a level to where it makes enough money that you can then yeah. leave it to do your passion. And in your case, it's it's you know it's like people in real estate. No, nobody really wants to sell real estate. It's not their passion. They're doing it because they want to make that you know ten to thirty grand a month or whatever it is, so they can go finance their passion. In your case, it sounds like you're going to be able to do both, which is really really friggin' cool. I think. So yeah. why don't you talk about that? And what this what this is all about, and um, unless we skipped over anything, or I, I screwed your head up with the uh, Motel Six conversation, <laughs> we just would have playfully handed you another drink and said, "Yeah, go go on the couch. We're all good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but um, yeah. So with the business, um, it's it's basically, you know, part of it's like a, a women's movement. You know, we we believe that. The way the direction that women have been going is not wrong, it's not bad, but women are starting to believe that there are just these certain archetypes for how how we can be, and it's either we have to be all of them at once, we have to be the super mom and you know the sexy wife, and then we have to be this powerhouse at work and and all these different things and all these you know most women feel completely overwhelmed and stressed, and we never have time for ourselves, we always put ourselves last because we have to take care of everybody else and and like I was saying earlier, we can't even get past all the problems that are in front of our face, the problems in our relationship, the problems in trying to create a relationship if we're young and we're single or or uh, trying to move forward in our career. We can't even get to the deeper stuff. We don't even know that there's this conversation about what it means to be masculine or feminine or who the hell cares. You know, right. Because I'm dealing with trying to pay my bills and I'm dealing with being a single mom and I'm dealing with the fact that I keep going out there dating and the men are making me sick and I don't know how to have a real relationship and why does anybody... Well, they got a loser of an old man. I see that a lot in my city, uh, Polk County, which is a, you know, they, it's like a county they film the movie Deliverance in. Uh, here the <laughs> modus operandi is you come out of high school, you get married, you have three babies. Generally, you then go to work while the old man looks for work. And you generally don't ever leave the county, much less the state of Florida. And mm-hmm. it's really sad to me. I, I, I've, I talked to some of these waitresses and realized not only have they not been anywhere, they haven't been out of the county. And it's, it's, it's sad to me because yeah. uh, it, that, it, you know why? And it's, it's the same old cliche. It's the way they always heard it should be, like the song, you know. It's, it's generation to generation. And uh, yeah. Well, there's, you know, Eckhart Tolle in, in A New World. They settle, in other words. They settle for a loser. Yeah, and if, and, and if they don't even understand what that means or what's possible, you know, it's right. like Eckhart Tolle says in New Earth, he says that we inherit the, the female pain body. You know, that there's there's so many beliefs out there about what it means to be a woman. There's so many beliefs about how we're supposed to lead our lives, and, you know, and the same for men. And so we, we grow up just like you said, singing that old song and living that old story, and we don't even question that there's anything more or anything different. So what our business, what we want to do is we did a deep dive into, you know, just female psychology and neuroscience and evolutionary biology and masculine-feminine energetics and dynamics and relationships and just, you know, all this stuff that sounds really boring. And we found the, the source issues 
that are creating all of these problems that women face. You know, a lot of the relationship problems are because we don't understand the simple differences between men and women that when they're brought to light, we're like, oh, okay, he didn't forget our anniversary because he doesn't love me anymore. His brain's not built for that, you know. And it's just understanding all of these things. Nobody teaches us how to be a woman in a day and age when we can have a job and have kids and have a life. You know, nobody taught men how to be men when you no longer have to provide shelter. Yeah, it's not the 1950s anymore, leave it to beaver. I mean, there is that. I mean, we're in a different era now. You're totally right about that. Yeah, and that's the first thing I want to say to everybody is it's like it's not our fault. You know, we're in a new era, you know, and, and the book is getting written as we go. And we all have to take responsibility for that. But, you know, it's like the marketers that look to what everyone else is doing and they repeat it. That's what we're doing as human beings. And and we're not going to be happy if we keep looking to the past. You know, Eben always says, don't look to the past to create the future. You know, but that's what we're doing as men and women. And so what what I've done and my partner, Angela Hartman, who I absolutely adore and love, and if she's out there, honey, I love you so much. She she has done so much for me uh, in, in partnering with me on this business. She's the one that brought to my attention a lot of the books and a lot of the, the experts and people that we're working with. Um, because we decided, you know, instead of looking to past roles that no longer serve us and past dynamics, let's let's look forward to, you know, what would serve us moving forward into into the kind of world that we live in. And so we're actually working with some amazing modeling teams, as in modeling behavior. And we're going to work with them to reverse engineer exceptional women who are living exceptional lives in a specific area. So, you know, exceptional female entrepreneurs who are actually in their feminine in business right. and they're, they're playful and they're loving. Because we found that women that are really, really successful in business who are in their masculine, their personal lives are a wreck. You know, right. and, and I'm not saying all of them. I'm not saying that. No, I, because you're juggling. You're yeah. Ju- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like, you know, we all have our core. And some women are core masculine and then they should absolutely be in their masculine. But if we're core feminine, it's about creating choice, right? So if we're aware of which energy we're in, then we can choose. You know, I still choose to be in my masculine here and there, but I've learned over time how just freaking awesome it is to stay in my feminine. Yeah, I saw the video, and you looked anything uh, less than uh, uh, masculine there. You, look, you, were, <laughs> you were looking pretty good there. Oh, that oh, 704, I'm dri- this, this 704 number is driving me crazy because it's uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. But um, Then... And if you don't know anybody in Charlotte, I know James Jones, but I don't think it's James Jones. Yeah, just leave it. Just don't. All right, we'll leave it. I'm sorry, I apologize to 704, but um, and it it, yeah, it's probably probably uh, it could be somebody with a be my luck, be somebody said we just both hit the lottery or something. And but anyway, um, as far as the project, how is this going to work? Is there going to be there's going to be a series of videos, sites? Um, I mean, you've already got the one. Well, I shouldn't even mention that, should I? How is going to? I'm going to screw it all up for you. But oh, no, I no, mean, no, no, no what? And we're not we're not going to discuss the title. When is this coming out? Let's let's it, get it's into. It's coming out. It's coming out within the next couple of weeks. The, the only reason we're not saying the name yet on the air is because we're right. still wrapping up all the the. Yeah, right. that's fine. Yeah, but um, but we're very very excited about it, and it's it's going to be a full media company. So right now we just have a fun free video series that anybody can sign up to to receive the videos, and 
and that's just a lot of fun information on the content we're talking about. Are we allowed to send them to that link? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can send them to that link. Well, you go ahead and give it on the air, and then I'll print it up in the resource section. Sure. Um, Anybody anybody can go to elevatethis.com forward slash double dash life. We'll definitely be copying and pasting that. Yeah. Why do all you why do all you people like to use these slash forwards? Why not just a simple like VegasVinceLegend.com? <laughs> Actually, I think ElevateThis.com also has has the same page. Yeah, though no, I suspect it oh. does. <laughs> I just got I just got tweeted from KnuckleChuck.com that the 704 number is him. <laughs> oh, do you know? Okay, do you know? I don't him? know you who to... that is. But I oh. got notified. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Apparently, he's very excited. Okay. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad he's excited. Um, but uh, like I said, I'm always afraid it's an ex-girlfriend trying to shake me down or say that you know, yeah, remember 12 years ago, send send the child support or something. Uh, you know, uh, one of those deals. Um, or the IRS or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 my ass. Oh, I've been dealing with them people for okay. so long that it's, uh, it I can taste mine. the brill cream. Um, <laughs> I, he gave me his name. It is a friend of mine. Oh, it is? Uh, okay. Bob. Well, if you want to talk to Bob for five minutes, you can, but I, I want to get this, I want to get the project out. So well, this this is going to be something that, they, they, I mean, in a nutshell, what are, the, what, what are and, I, and it is targeted towards women, but I will admit, I watched it, um, and and I took something out of it, which is really it applies to everybody, in my view. It's mm-hmm. geared towards obviously women, but I, I, I the the core the core uh, message applies to everybody. Yeah. I, I I felt that way anyway. Well, what we what we what we tell everyone is, you know, for the women out there, it's like. You know, men always say we can't understand women. What the hell do women want? And it's like we don't understand ourselves either. And so this is this is a series that helps women understand, you know, how do you get what you want in a relationship, in business, in your health and weight loss, and how are all the ways you've been approaching it in the past maybe masculine ways that are actually harming you in those areas? And how can you tackle each of these areas of your life from a feminine place that's going to connect you with your secret you know, we have all these powerhouse treasures within us that we're never taught to use as women. You know, our playfulness, our sensuality, yeah. you know, these are all things that have been demonized in our culture. Give me a cliche movie cliche. How about the movie with Michael Douglas and Demi Moore? Uh, God, I wish I remember the title of it. She would be, and I know somebody knows the name of the friggin' movie. Uh, it was basically where she was sexually harassing him. She was the CEO of the company. Um, and she was the masculine. It was, and then you see. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of cliches to break this down because when you talk about feminine, masculine, um, we're not talking about. You know, I want people to really grasp what you mean by that. Um, what the hell name of that? Oh, somebody out there, help me. Um, <laughs> it, it had. It was. It was. Um, it was basically a movie where uh, she was the head honcho. And she put the moves on him, and then you know made his life miserable. And um, then you know, but but when you're talking masculine, you're talking about women who feel like they gotta, you know, you know, I assume compete 
Yes. Okay, so, I, I don't want to say compete, but be no, something the com- they're competition not. Competition is a very masculine trait. And again, yeah. when we talk about the difference between these two, it's not to say that women should never be competitive or anything like that. But when right. you're when you're unaware of your state and you are naturally in a competitive or aggressive or you know really go getter state, you're unconsciously in your masculine. And if a right. woman is core feminine. That she is actually describe somebody like her, like, because uh, the core feminine. What what is what so what first, what is a good definition of someone right. who's core? Right. Well, feminine? you you know from from the video that uh, I got this from Tony Robbins. If you want to know if you're core feminine or core masculine, yeah, you ask yourself. Okay, when I'm fantasizing, am I oh. typically? Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, now we're getting somewhere. Dana's going to talk about her fantasies. <laughs> okay. So. You know, when when you're fantasizing, do you typically, and it doesn't have to be 100% of the time, but do you typically fantasize about taking the other person, or do you fantasize being, about them taking you? And, and if it, you're if you're fantasizing about being taken, that would be core feminine and yes. vice versa. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Oh, is the movie you were trying to think of Disclosure? Yes, Disclosure. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll tell you another one. I'll tell you another one. She should have won the Oscar for it. And it and you know they always talk about women not getting these power roles, but it was a movie called The Last Seduction with Linda Fiorentino. Um, boy, was she played the uh, she, uh, she incredible flick. Um, you would resonate with this movie. Very good. Last Seduction and Disclosure. Yeah, that that, that both cases definitely um, uh, would be. Masculine, although they're both hot, which yeah, is, which way, which in itself is fascinating. They're both beautiful women. I mean, in real life and in the movie as well. And but uh, uh, they definitely were looking to neuter men, and yeah. they had a pretty and, good job in yeah. the movie. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Um, you know, and that and and not not to say that the masculine is always bad for women to be in, but that no. that was a big question I had moving into this was how. My sexuality was always very masculine in the, in the way that I I was really good at seducing men. You know, it just just in in no. my, I've always been a dancer. So when I would go out dancing at the clubs, I knew how to move in a certain way. But it was it was very calculated. It was sure. aggressive. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. it was effective. But I'm about to light up a attack. cigarette. You keep talking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, but it would always attract men who were in their feminine. So instead of getting very strong men that were in their masculine, that were very empowered, I was getting men that, that's why I have such issue around a guy letting me pay for the check the first time, because every boyfriend I've ever had was basically in his feminine. He didn't look Have you ever been married? Uh, can I, I, no. Because we never really, you, you've always, okay. Because I do yeah. recall you having a, I do recall, I do recall a picture of you and somebody, and I thought it might have been your husband. But, oh no! I just have a lot of guy friends. <laughs> no, no, no! I, this was no. This wasn't what. No, this wasn't. A, this this looked to me like relationship. I think I don't need to even go there. I was just more curious. Yeah, no. It's actually you know it's funny because I've been single for the past four years. I didn't okay. go on a single date until about maybe a month or two ago, and I didn't realize it until you know recently that I had completely shut down. You know, I stopped dating after everything that had happened, and. uh you know, it it was really exciting for me to feel ready again. You know, so right. I'm ready to have a relationship and I'm ready to move. You know, I do want to get married and do that whole bit. And 
Right. You know, oh, really? I, see, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't have necessarily. See, that's how we stereotype. You would probably be one of the last people I would, would pick that would want to get married and have kids. So, oh, really? Really? Oh, I yeah. really would not. I, I, and yeah, I've got very good intuition, as you know. I mean, I wrote you and gave you my thoughts about you. Oh, and yeah, I, you guessed that's, my story. I mean, with absolutely no information, I was shocked. Um, I'm good at it. I, I call it my 99% rule, but that doesn't mean I'm always right. And I, that does kind of surprise me that you would want to, you know, maybe it's the, maybe it's the ambition that comes out, and, and I equate people that are ambitious with those who usually generally don't want children. Mm-hmm. Not, necessarily, not, not, not necessarily not wanting to get married, but the children thing is a bit of a surprise to me. That's interesting. Yeah, well, that you know, and again, this is this is everything that we love to talk about with with women is you know it's like either you know yeah if if a woman's ambitious then probably not going to have kids or you know if yeah. if a woman really is a really good nurturer probably wouldn't be good in business and it's like you know or or we think we have to be everything at once and then that's its whole mess you know um, right but uh but yeah you know it's it's. It's something I, I think for me, I always planned to, I think because I was so close with my mom and dad and my brother and we have such an amazing relationship and I know it's so rare for families to be that close that I would almost feel like I would feel sad not to be able to give that to a child. Like if I lost my, I, you know, thought I wasn't going to be able to have kids uh, for a while when I had the fibroid tumor. So Well, I think you would have adopted. And, I would have. Um, I absolutely would have. And, and that, you know, and I probably still will. Uh, yeah, you strike me as that. I mean, I mean, like I said, I think I, in your in your birthday thing when I wrote, I said, just you know, I don't say this about many people, but I said, with with Jamie, it's just genuinely a good soul, and uh, I, I truthfully mean that, or I wouldn't have done the show, because uh, you know, uh, I, I I truthfully, uh, I it it there is no pitch, there's there's nothing but you're just totally genuine. And and because uh, this is a radical departure from anything I would normally do on the show, and uh, and, and I wasn't doing it to okay. score the date, so uh, um, it, 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 to me it's positive. And by the way, a simple way also for them to find you. And I and like I said that if you recall, I was looking back. I think the first time we ever talked. Um, I did think you were a dude because it it, it yeah, spelled I that. I, they, you can go to jamiemintun.com and it's J A let me see if I get it right this time J A I M E and then it's M as in Mary I N as in Nancy T as in Tom U N as in Nancy um at least that way they can you know that's simple to find and then they can keep up to date on what you're doing and stuff you got she got a one got a hell it's just a great blog over there and stuff thank you yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure if I'm, you know what, I'm not sure if Vinny's on the list. And and by the way, um, tell Rachel Rofe the next time that I get an email from a virtual assistant, <laughs> I'm going to print it out, and I'm going to shred it, and I'm going to mail it back to her. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'll let her know. Yeah, Vinny don't do uh, uh, virtual assistants. I don't, Yeah. I think I had to tell you that too. When you got you got Dev on me there for a minute. Well, I have to get in touch with my media. Right? I'm not, this is Vegas, Vance. I'm dealing with you. Yeah. No, no virtual assistant. No media rep. No publicist. <laughs> we we're gonna book this show, but you know, and 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 there you go. You know, I it took me two years of begging. Finally, I had to go on Facebook and say, "Can I get the girl with the most beautiful eyes in marketing to do my show?" 
Yeah, that that got me. <laughs> that got you. That was my close. I had to close it sometime. I'd be dead by the time I got you on here. Oh dear, no. <laughs> <laughs> I so, think I, I think so. Can continue on. We still got like six minutes. I, I I'm gonna, I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask you a question. We got five minutes to go, um, and I use thirty seconds to do my close. There was a movie critic who died, uh, Gene Siskel, who always asked a question that I always liked, and it was, it goes like this, what do you know for sure? Mm. So I'm going to ask you that question. That I love myself, finally. That's, <laughs> it's a great answer. Yeah, it was it was oh. what I had gone searching for. I, I, you, you, most people have to pause on that one. That's that's uh, that's very cool. In the future, I mean, was this was this uh, was this uh, after doing this show and putting it all out there and talking about this stuff? Did I'm hoping not not just for the for the listeners, but for you personally, um, that you hang up with a positive feeling about doing it. Um, I'm personally honored that you chose to do it on my show, um, but it goes beyond that. I mean, it took, like I said, that's uh, that's not something that's easy to come out and talk about, and it takes a hell of a lot of courage to do it. I don't know if I could have done it. So, I, I'm uh, shocked I didn't. I hope you leave this <laughs> this little uh, conversation we had uh, uh, feeling as though that it was worth it for you. It was absolutely uh, worth it. Yeah. You know. Is there anything else that we missed here on this project? They can basically uh, they can get over to your website. They can get they can they can get on your list, and and I would suggest everybody do it. Just if nothing else, keep it. I mean, it was fun just keeping up with your travel and stuff. You know, I mean, there's always good information over there. What 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 would be, I mean, the call to action for people that are interested right now, women out there, whatever situation they're in, whether they're entrepreneurs, housewives, yeah, strippers, I mean, for- doctors, whatever. Yeah, you know, jamieminton.com, that, that's my main personal blog. So if you're interested mm-hmm. in consulting, you want to learn how, you know, how I make six figures in a month and do the things that we do, I've got a great free marketing, uh, freelancer's marketing handbook that's available on that site. I, I, Vinny, I need, Vinny wants that, by the way. I need to get over there oh, because yeah. I, I want to do it. We're going to do a show. i got to get you on about I want to talk about BTR and I want to talk about some of that stuff. But... I never ever I, I get over there and I never find that particular section as far as um, you know what you do as far as that business angle because like I said guys this is not some new age hippie gypsy chick this let's this is a I, you know uh, Jamie Minton you're a capitalist so you kick ass you make some big you make some big dollars and that's something to be proud of I mean this girl guys this is a this is a smart chick you're dealing with here <laughs> for real I'll brag yeah. for you. So- so anybody who's interested in that, I've got just a whole breadth of, of info on there. I'm into superfoods and health, so I've got a lot of fun stuff and recipes on there and just anything and everything. And then and then the elevatethis.com, that's the you know, the women's brand and the women's movement that we're launching and again just a lot of free content. And the men will dig it too because you know, like well, the middle dig it because there's some hot pictures up up there somewhere. Um, which, which site do they get the pics? No, you you do. You got some hot shit. I put up oh, I, actually in my oh, blog. On I guess. Yeah, tell them to add me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but half the time you're yeah, yeah, they can go to Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, good God, you got like 300 pictures up there. 
Yeah, because people keep taking I have to untag myself from some of them. <laughs> I did a webinar with James J. Jones, and right at the end I was talking about these two hot blondes that um, gave me a great testimonial, and all of a sudden like X hundred of people ran over to the blog. And they, you know, you can track it on GoWebinar. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. They're all over there, and then they all come back because they want to go look at the blonde. So, oh, whatever. It yeah. was. Yeah, but they'll, you know, they'll enjoy the the videos too because we we always include the men. They'll learn a lot of things about women that you know most even pickup artists don't know about women and aren't telling them. So, it's it's fun, and we keep it playful. Yeah, you you do. You give some good insight for the guys. It's it's well worth it. Jamie, I love our men. You know, men. Vinny loves you, men. and um, they're gonna give me the sixty second beat. Oh yeah, it, you um, it. it took a uh, a hell of a lot of courage to come out and do this. Um, guys, girls, truly one of the most genuinely kind souls out there. Um, I just, I, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, that's it. I mean, truly brilliant, beautiful, and um, as real as they get. And, um, you know, to come out here and um, talk about um, issues that, she hasn't discussed before that um, I, I can't even imagine um, going through that. It, it takes a lot of courage. Definitely uh, the ultimate uh, uh, redemption, which is which is what it was all about. So I am going to do my my famous close, and it has more meaning tonight than normal, I guess. And that is, I want to thank everybody again, and as always, may you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true, and as always. Stay forever young. Good night. God bless. Jamie, thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Peace, girl. <laughs>